Hi everyone, Donald Lowry here, and I'm the marketing director for Contra Radio Network. You know what helps me sleep well? Physical gold. Gold IRAs help people diversify. The best gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals with thousands of happy customers. Learn why Americans get gold IRAs. Get Augusta's free guide. Text CONTRA to 68592. That's C-O-N-T-R-A to 68592. Or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. At First Merchants Bank, we believe that nothing can build your future financial stability like home ownership. So our mortgage programs are designed specifically for you. Programs like down payment assistance, where those that qualify can receive up to a $7,500 grant to help with down payment or closing costs. Visit firstmerchants.com slash first dash home to get started. First Merchants Bank, helping you prosper. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, eligibility requirements apply. See a community home lending officer for details. Hey, Mom, there's a mascot under my bed. You mean a monster? No, a mascot. He says he wants to talk to you about home and auto insurance. Don't worry, honey. We have NJM. They're known for their amazing service and dedicated reps, so they don't need gimmicks. Now, good night. Sorry, Mr. Mascot. You need to go now. Thanks for trying. With some insurance companies, you get a mascot. With NJM, you get a dedicated rep whose top priority is you. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Get a quote at NJM.com. Premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey there, folks. This is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always, always, always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. All right, folks, we are broadcasting to you live from the Asylum Studios here deep in the heart of Southwest Texas, in the beautiful city of Eagle Pass, and it is a beautiful, beautiful evening here at 7 p.m. in Eagle Pass at 77 degrees. Beautiful, beautiful Texas night. Now, folks, uh, for the last five weeks, believe it or not, five weeks already, on our Thursday night Bible study, we've been going through our Bible from Genesis to Revelation to demonstrate how God has broken the Word of God and human history down into periods of time we call dispensations. Now, all the word dispensation simply means is a time period or refers to a time period. 
and it talks about a particular way in which God deals with man during that particular time period. Now, uh, we have been studying major events in each dispensation, the plan of salvation in each dispensation, and we've been following the crown, the crown of the kingdom of heaven and the crown of the kingdom of God. And uh, tonight, what we're going to do is concern ourselves primarily with Abraham and uh, this dispensation that we call the dispensation of the patriarchs uh, follows the call of Abraham uh, from uh, the Ur of the Chaldees all the way out to the Exodus. So it, it goes beyond Abraham, and we'll examine that in just a little while. Now, before we get into our Bible study tonight, I'm going to ask you to do just a couple of quick things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and when you get over there, head over to our contact section, open up that little web form, and why don't you send us over a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, don't forget, folks, to please send over your prayer requests. It really is a blessing and a privilege for me to be able to, uh, to read your prayer requests and go to the Lord uh, and pray for you, pray for the needs that you've expressed, and, uh, of course, then to bring it to the uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast family, with your permission, of course, uh, to, to pray about it all together corporately, as they would say. All right, so if you don't like to use the web form, hey, that's totally fine. That's why we have an email address, and you can reach me at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, also, while you're on the website, if you would, please look for that Support This Podcast button. And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You could set that up for $0.99, cents Four ninety nine or nine ninety nine a month, which is basically the cost of a Starbucks coffee. But uh, uh, if you can't do a monthly recurring contribution, hey, we understand that too. Uh, but if you're able to do a one time contribution, we would really appreciate that just as much. And you can do that by clicking on the Waygiver button or by scanning the Cash App QR code, which is on our website as well. So uh, no matter how you go about it, folks, if uh, pray about it, and if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in, in any way, uh, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very, very, very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, of course, folks, at this particular point, we always want to stop here, and we want to give the Lord thanks. Uh, for so, so very many things. But the number one thing that I always want to give thanks to the Lord for is the gift of salvation. God himself took on human form. The creator took on the form of his creation. He came and he trod the dusty trails of old Palestine. He was rejected. He was tried, he was crucified, he shed his perfect, precious blood on the cross of Calvary, was buried, and rose again for the sins of the world. All you have to do is accept it, and that's it. 
You have to accept that free gift. The Bible says to believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Folks, it's a simple, simple thing in this particular age, in this dispensation. This is the dispensation of grace. And uh, as we're going to study tonight, when we get into uh, the patriarchs, we talk about Abraham. Abraham was in a dispensation of grace, but not quite the same arrangement that you and I have. So right now, folks, is the easiest time for you to get saved. You've already heard through some of the other episodes that we've done so far on the dispensations. It was works. Right? It was works. And then it's grace, where all you need to do is believe. You have the law. And then it's back to grace. And then it's going to go back to works. And and at works and faith before eternity begins. So it's now is the time to get saved, folks. Absolutely now is the time to get saved. And 23 years ago, the Lord Jesus Christ called me. Why? I had no idea. But then again, the Bible says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Does it not? And um, the Lord worked on me, and he drew me, and, uh, you know, I heard the gospel message clearly for the first time. Now, I have heard it before. You guys know the story. You've heard my testimony. Uh, I've heard the gospel message from when I was a child. And uh, I believe that the Lord put people in my path as I was growing uh, to, uh, to start to point me to the way of the cross. But it took a long time. <laughs> it really did. It took a long time. And that's because I'm a stubborn, thick-headed Sicilian from Brooklyn, living in Texas. But, you know, uh, it takes a lot to get through our thick skulls. And uh, my brother in Christ, John, who, by the way, ran a, a fantastic, a fantastic Bible study uh, today, uh, on X or Twitter or whatever you call it in, in, uh, in, the, in the X space or the Twitter space, whatever it is, uh, he understands. Uh, if he's listening, he understands exactly where I'm coming from. Stubborn, thick-headed Sicilians from Brooklyn. It takes a while to get through to us. But it took the Lord from, from when I was a kid all the way up until uh, I was 30 years old for me to get saved. And uh, it, it was the simplest thing to do. All I had to do was put my full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood, the perfect, complete, and finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all it was. It wasn't a church. It wasn't baptism. It wasn't the sacraments. It wasn't uh, ordinances. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't good deeds and good works and, and getting to church on time and uh, not falling asleep when the pastor's preaching. It, none of that gets you into heaven, folks. None of it. None of it. The only thing that gets you into heaven is putting your full faith trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would implore you today, make it today. Do it today. 
I believe that one of the greatest uh, torments of hell is going to be when people realize, the people who are in hell realize that God made it so simple. It wasn't anything but believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that that's going to be one of the great torments of hell is when people realize that, when they make that realization and realize that they struggled and strove and, and, did, uh, and, and did some really good things and, and some really good moral people, but are in hell because they didn't put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They trusted their works. So again, I want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for opening up my eyes to that 23 years ago and, uh, and, and for saving me. I also want to say thank you to the Lord for giving me this opportunity, this ministry, and uh, this is a, a huge blessing for me. This is something that, uh, that uh, I believe that the Lord put on my heart uh, several times, but as many times as I tried to do it, I tried to do it under my own strength, my own uh, resources. I didn't trust the Lord for it. I didn't wait on the Lord for it until last year. And he has blessed this podcast. He has grown this podcast in a way that I never thought possible. And uh, it's been a, a tremendous blessing for me to meet some of the folks that I've met through this. And, uh, you know, I never would have had an opportunity to do that or pray for you or, or, or uh, you know, have the blessing of having a couple of our listeners come to Jesus Christ through this ministry. It was a, it's a real blessing to be able to send out Bibles when folks ask for a Bible. Um, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, through your support, of course, to be able to go out and, and send money out to missionaries. It's a blessing, folks. It's an absolute blessing, and I am so thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me to have it. Now, I also want to say thank you to all of you who uh, support us through your prayers. Thank you so much for your prayers, and God bless you for them. Please continue to pray for us, my family, the ministry, the podcast, the things that we're doing that will be coming out shortly into the future uh, that, um, that I think will be a real, a real blessing for us. Uh, Thank you so much for continuing to pray. Please continue to do so. And, of course, please pray for me as, uh, as, as we do these studies. These, uh, these studies, you know, once you, once you step out onto the uh, platform, as it were, and, uh, and start uh, 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 serving the Lord, whether it's a public ministry or whether it's, uh, you know, being a Sunday school teacher or uh, whatever capacity and ushering your church, whatever it is. Uh, once that, once once you really start to serve the Lord, man, the devil is relentless, and he will send his little minions out to to torment you, to be that thorn in the flesh, uh, as as often as he possibly can. So, uh, please continue to pray for us. I also want to say thank you, of course, to all of you who already and still support us financially. God bless you for your support. Thank you so so very much for it. Uh, again, your uh, contributions really do go a very long way, and uh, it's, it's a real blessing to be able to, uh, to do the things that we've been doing and to be able to look to expand. Even though we lost uh, more than half of our monthly support uh, after we finished the Revelation series, um, God's blessed us. He's kept us going here, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, but if you could help us out with a contribution, we would really, really appreciate that.
And, of course, I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners, every single one of you who are faithful in listening to everything that we've been putting out. God bless you for that. Thank you for doing it because of your plays and your downloads. Uh, you boost our algorithm, and uh, you make us easily searchable. Uh, thank you so very much for that because by doing that, um, you know, more people have the opportunity to get exposure to to solid Bible study. And uh, that's what I try to bring every episode that we do. And, of course, that we stand on our King James Bible. And uh, you cannot compare a King James Bible with any of the modern perversions that are out there right now. Um, so when people listen to us, they're getting the truth. They're getting the unadulterated, inerrant, perfect, inspired, preserved Word of God in English, our King James Bible. And you could say we're in a cult. You could say whatever you want. Look, Jesus Christ, God has blessed the King James Bible. He loves his word. The Bible says that, that, that God esteems his word even above his own name. And uh, I'm going to side with the book that he has endorsed. Because if he loves that book, I want to love that book. So, again, thank you so very much for it. Now, folks, wherever it is that you're listening, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, uh, Good Pods, any one of the platforms that we're on, wherever that is, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way, you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, folks, how about some announcements? Folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast here. We're ready for our announcements. Uh, did not realize I did not unmute the mic there for a quick second, so I apologize. Um, all right, so our announcements are the usual. We have our Thursday night Bible study, which is uh, currently underway right now. Uh, starts at 7 p.m. Central, Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we are currently going through the dispensations. We are studying the dispensations that are found in the Word of God. We're going through our Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Not sure how long it's going to take to do this. We're already five weeks in, and we're just up to Abraham. So uh, we have a lot of ground to cover, and it's going to be, it's really, it's a, it's, it's an important study. You have to rightly divide your Bible. You have got to rightly divide it, otherwise you are going to be flailing around, lost and clueless. And if you are a blood-bought, born-again, Bible-believing Christian, and you don't rightly divide your Bible, well, you're going to find yourself uh, worrying whether or not you're going to lose your salvation or you're going to get your salvation. How many times can you lose your salvation? Uh, you're going to be worrying about... Oh, my goodness, I'm not speaking in tongues. Well, you shouldn't be because it's not for today. But you're only going to find that if you rightly divide the word of truth. 
it is extremely important. So I hope you've been catching all of the uh, dispensational uh, subjects we've been talking about. Again, we're already five weeks in, and I would encourage you, uh, if, if this is the first one you're hearing, when you're done with this, go back, start from, from number one, and uh, get yourself caught up because it will make more and more sense as we build upon each episode. All right, so Thursday nights, 7 o'clock Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And then we have our Sermon Sunday broadcast, which is every Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, you can find that on our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Or uh, if you prefer, you can head over to our host platform site, which is Spreaker. And uh, you can search for the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and uh, you can jump on in there and listen in. Now, if you do go to Spreaker, you could get yourself a free, uh, a free account, and uh, you can jump on into our chat group, uh, which is active when the show is on the air. And uh, we can have some interaction during the course of the, uh, of the broadcast. So uh, that's a real blessing. We've, we've done that before, and it's been a lot of fun. A little challenging until you get used to it, but it's a lot of fun, to say the least. And uh, we always look forward to our interactions. They're a real blessing. And, uh, again, you can hear that on com or on our host platform of Spreaker. And also, I just want to remind you that uh, last week we started... Uh, the first episode of our Sword of the Spirit podcast post-show show. show. Uh, and that is available to our Patreon subscribers. And uh, to do that, just head over to patreon.com slash the SOTS podcast. And uh, if you feel uh, inclined to do it, you could uh, sign up right there as a patron. And then you will get access to all of our additional content uh, commercial-free, an extra hour of showtime, and we're going to be doing a number of different things from reading your emails uh, to uh, to having guests either here in the second chair or uh, or by phone. And uh, we've already sent out an invitation to to a good brother, and I'm hoping that he says okay. And uh, once we get that all ironed out, we'll be, uh, we'll be broadcasting with them. Uh, so, uh, a lot of things to do on the post show show. And, uh, if you'd like to get into that again, head over to patreon.com slash the sort of the S O T S podcast. All right, folks, if you are living in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible believing and Bible teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is visit the church's Facebook page. And to do that, just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And once you're there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information. And you're also going to find, I got tongue tied, sorry. You're also going to find episodes of this podcast. And as always, we want to say thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church and our pastor, John Monk, for allowing us 
to use the church's Facebook page uh, to host the show. Now, we don't have a Facebook. Um, I don't really need a Facebook, and I certainly really don't want a Facebook either. So uh, by the church allowing us to use theirs, it's been a real blessing to us, and we greatly, greatly appreciate that. Now, one of the things I did want to say uh, when we were going through our service times, you know, do you, do you realize how many churches, quote-unquote Bible-believing churches, no longer have Sunday evening services or Wednesday night services or a midweek Bible study? It's, it's truly sad. It, it truly, truly is. And uh, it's a real blessing. It really is. You know, the morning service is great. It's, it's great. Everybody's there. But you know something? To, my opinion, you know, just strictly my opinion, the committed believers are there on Wednesday night and Sunday night. And those are the ones that are truly, in my opinion, just my opinion, that are truly looking for the Lord or to learn. Now, I know there are circumstances where folks can't get to a service, and that's fine. That's, that's totally understandable. You know, you've got work commitments, uh, you know, sick kids, yourself sick. But if, if you're able to be there on a Wednesday night and a Sunday night, you should be there. You should be there every time the doors are open. All right, so let me get off my soapbox there before I get myself in trouble. All right. Uh, let's see, folks. Uh, if you are interested in prepping, I'd like to tell you a little bit about the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast that houses nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content daily. The Contra Radio Network releases 15 to 20 shows a week, depending on current events, and there are no issues that are off-limits. If you want a breakdown of current events, we got it. If you want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency, we got it. If you want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic, we got that too. Uh, if you want to hear more about politics, you want to hear about Bible study, you want to hear more about sports, camping, firearms, and more, well, the Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades. You can find the Contra Radio Network on all of your favorite podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, and many, many, many more. Or you can head over to their website, crn.best. That's crn.best. Now, we have been part of the Contra Radio Network's uh, broadcasting team for... Oh, for f several months now, and it's been a real blessing, and we appreciate the partnership, and it's, uh, you know, I'm very thankful to have met some of the folks from there. It's a real blessing. You should definitely check them out. All right, folks, uh, the Three Pillars podcast. I talk about them every show we do. If you have not checked out the Three Pillars podcast, I would encourage you to go do that. Uh, Brother Chase puts out the Three Pillars podcast uh, every Friday. A new episode comes out, and the Three Pillars podcast focuses on your personal growth, utilizing the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. Again, if you haven't checked them out yet, you should. Now, if you want to see the video version of the podcast, uh, head over to YouTube and uh, look for Three Pillars podcast, or you can head over to Rumble. My personal choice is Rumble, uh, and look for Three Pillars podcast there. Or you can check out their website, threepillarspodcast.wordpress.com. 
com, And you can also find them on all of your major podcasting platforms like Spotify, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, and more. So that's every Friday, the Three Pillars Podcast. Definitely check them out. All right, folks, uh, let's see. Uh, don't forget to uh, head over to our website and sign up for our programming announcements email. Uh, all that is is an email list that we've been putting together uh, so that we can notify you of any changes to our programming schedule uh, throughout the course of the week. Since we only broadcast on Thursday and on Sunday, you know, a lot of days in between, we can uh, lose contact with you. If something happens where we can't uh, start on time or if we have a cancellation or a guest or whatever the situation may be, the best way for us to reach you is through email. So head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Look for the programming announcements subscription box. Fill it out. Get on the list. It's free. Don't cost you nothing. And uh, we don't sell your information. We don't share your information. It's safe and secure with us. And uh, we'll only send you information on programming. No spam. No advertisements. Okay? So... Let's get on that list and stay in the know. Also, while you're on our website, look for the Sword Swag section of our website. Uh, On the Sword Swag section, we have our wonderful, beautiful Sword of the Spirit podcast uh, ceramic coffee mugs, which uh, you can get for a $25 contribution. Now, I happen to have mine right here in my hot little hand, and... Uh, today's broadcasting beverage is just some really, really good coffee. We needed it today. Mm. And really hot coffee, too. Wow. All right. So, again, $25 contribution gets you a ceramic coffee mug. And if you want one of our Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts, uh, we have, in, have them in the men's and women's style. You can get that for a $35 contribution. Just click the info button on that page, send over what it is you're looking for, and we'll send you the link to where you can make your contribution, and we will get that sent out to you as soon as possible. Okay, let's see. Stitcher, I'm sure you all know by now, if you uh, were a user of the Stitcher platform for your for your uh, podcast, uh, yesterday... Well, no, the 29th, correction. The 29th was the last day of operation for Stitcher after 10-plus years of uh, providing podcasts for the folks. So with Stitcher's shutdown, my recommendation to you is head over to Good Pods. Good Pods is a fantastic alternative to Stitcher. Uh, it's free. Don't cost you nothing. Uh, and the great thing about Good Pods is it's wonderful for small, independent podcasts like ours uh, without the big budget, without all the corporate's backing and sponsorships, which is fine. Um, we're, doing just, we're, doing, we're doing well without their help, so we're good. But it's a great place to discover independent podcasts. So if you uh, head over to Good Pods, make sure you look for the Sword of the Spirit podcast at the SOTS podcast. And when you find us, make sure you subscribe, listen to a few episodes, give us a few ratings, and uh, also follow me there as well, and I will be sure to follow you right back. Okay, uh, just want to mention the uh, Camino Real Suicide Awareness Walk, which is coming up on Thursday, September the 7th at 6 p.m., So if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you would like to take part in this suicide awareness walk, 
head on over to the Eagle Pass Public Library on Thursday, September the 7th at 6 p.m. and join in the Suicide Awareness Walk. All right, so we had some good news uh, today. We had our very first patron subscribe on Patreon. So we want to say a very big thank you to, uh, to our friend Kurt for signing up as our first patron on Patreon. All right, Kurt, thank you so very much for your support and for your subscription. We appreciate it. Oh, the joy of live, live broadcasting. All right. Again, thank you, Kurt, for signing up and being our first patron on Patreon. I hope you enjoy the material that's up there already. And don't forget to check out the post-show show tonight, immediately after the podcast ends. All right. And uh, last announcement, if you are uh, into um, um, social media, the, the, the only real social media that we have is, uh, is X or Twitter or whatever you call it now. Uh, be sure to head over there and find us at the SOTS podcast and uh, give us a follow. All right. We'd love to interact with you on there. And uh, it's also a good place to get updates and information. All right, folks. Well, that, uh, that will take us to our first break. Just want to say uh, uh, not to forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. When you do that, you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We'll be back right after this. Don't you go away. At First Merchants Bank, we believe that nothing can build your future financial stability like home ownership. So our mortgage programs are designed specifically for you. Programs like down payment assistance, where those that qualify can receive up to a $7,500 grant to help with down payment or closing costs. Visit firstmerchants.com slash first dash home to get started. First Merchants Bank, helping you prosper. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, eligibility requirements apply. See our community home lending officer for details. If you have sleep apnea and struggle with CPAP, consider that CPAPs were invented in 1980. Do you even remember 1980? Everyone's house had one telephone. There were like four TV channels. Come on. You played video games in arcades and watched movies in theaters. GPS was a folded map and a helpful gas station attendant. And social media was inviting the neighbors to come look at your vacation pictures. A lot has changed since 1980. Now, for people who struggle with CPAP, there's Inspire. Inspire is an implanted device that treats sleep apnea inside your body at the click of a remote. It's the only FDA-approved sleep apnea treatment of its kind. While you sleep, Inspire keeps you breathing normally and resting comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. To learn more, visit InspireSleep.com. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. If you have sleep apnea and struggle with CPAP, consider that CPAPs were invented in 1980. Do you even remember 1980? Everyone's house had one telephone. There were like four TV channels. Now for people who struggle with CPAP, there's Inspire. Inspire treats sleep apnea inside your body at the click of a remote. No mask, no hose, just sleep. To learn more, visit InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. 
If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Oh, 
At First Merchants Bank, we believe that nothing can build your future financial stability like home ownership. So our mortgage programs are designed specifically for you. Programs like down payment assistance, where those that qualify can receive up to a $7,500 grant to help with down payment or closing costs. Visit firstmerchants.com slash first dash home to get started. First Merchants Bank, helping you prosper. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, eligibility requirements apply. See our community home lending officer for details. sunny days that the sky above us would never turn gray but life isn't always sunshine we have times that leave us asking why and when the clouds roll in and tears begin to fall There must be a reason for it all. Redeemer of the rain, the Lord will never waste our pain. He brings beauty out of brokenness and hope to our heartache. Healing out of every hurt that invades our shattered world. We never walk through trials in vain. He's the Redeemer of the rain. Every problem that we face is sifted by the Father through hands of grace. He'll use the sorrow to draw us, to call us closer to His side. It's in the middle of the storm we learn to trust that He is always watching over us. Redeemer of the rain, the Lord will never our pain. He brings beauty out of brokenness and hope to our heartache. Healing out of every hurt that invades our shattered world. We never walk through trials in vain. He's a redeemer of the rain. Dark day And hope to our heartache Healing out of every hurt That invades our shattered world We never walk through trials in vain We've known His mercy long enough To 
say He's the Redeemer of the rain. Amen. 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 The Redeemer of the Rain. And uh, that's a song that we've added to uh, our playlist um, for the show a little over a month ago. And it's uh, one of the songs that we play regularly, mostly because of the the feedback we've gotten from it. A lot of folks have uh, let me know that they appreciate that song, and it's a great song. It really is. the uh, the artist there was the West Coast Baptist College Choir, so uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal music uh, comes out of that program. Uh, we don't necessarily agree with them on certain things, but um, musically they're solid. So uh, we we will you know we'll work with that. All right, folks. So the Redeemer of the Rain, great song, and prior to that was Sing to the King. Now. Um, you know, I play music rather than sing because if I sang, I'd probably lose more of you than I lost from doing the Revelation series. But uh, that's okay. You know, the Bible says, you know, that the, you know, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Well, I certainly make noise. Let's put it that way. I'm not going to say it's joyful for anybody. But all right. I'm just rambling here because I once again did not pull up my prayer list. So now we have it. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, we're going to go through our prayer list uh, as usual, as we always do. Uh, now, the first group that we always pray for on our prayer list is uh, those folks that are in need of salvation. Because, again, salvation is the single most important decision you will ever make in your life because it has eternal consequences. Um you know, you could be going through some really traumatic, difficult times here. Uh, you can get saved. Um, you know, the Lord will give you the grace and the ability to get through that. He might even deliver you from whatever the problem is, but it's not necessarily always going to be that way. Uh, so the one thing that you can rest in, though, no matter what you're going through here in this world when you're saved you're not going to be going to hell if you're saved. If you're saved. But you need to get saved. You need to put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to do that. There's no other way that you're going to get to heaven. Uh, Like we said earlier, your baptism is not going to get you to heaven. All right? All your baptism is going to do is get you wet. That's it. But your baptism is not going to get you to heaven. doesn't matter what Acts 2.38 says because that's not for you. That's not for the church. That was a message being preached to the Jews by Peter, the apostle to the Jews. So your baptism is not going to get you saved. Uh, going to church is not going to get you saved. doesn't make a difference if it's a Baptist church. And I'm a Baptist, and I'll tell you that firsthand. There's going to be a lot of Baptists who find themselves in hell. Because going to church is not going to get you saved. 
So it doesn't matter if you're a Baptist, a Presbyterian, a Methodist, an Episcopal, a, a, a Romanist. It doesn't make a difference. Your church membership is not going to get you saved. How much you put in the offering plate is not going to get you saved. There's nothing that you can do in and of yourself. The Bible says that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. That's not what I say. That's what God says. And God is the one that we need to listen to very, very carefully in this. He has made it abundantly clear. Abundantly clear. That is for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So please, folks, don't, if, if you haven't gotten to the point where you realize that there's nothing that you can do to save yourself, please consider it today. It is the most important decision you're ever going to make. Now, in our prayer list for salvation, we're praying for uh, David up in New York. We're praying for the unsaved members of the Baldino family. We're playing, praying for uh, Manuel's mom. We're praying for Sharon and praying for Adam's dad. Now, I know our list here is a little short. Uh, and I know that there are folks that are, that are listening, that are dealing with some folks, that are working on some people, that have some, some, some fishing lines out there. They're trolling around. I know that they're doing their thing. If you're working on someone, you're talking to someone, you're witnessing to someone, let me know so we can put them on our prayer list and we can pray for them together. Uh, you know, the Lord has answered our salvation prayer requests uh, quite frequently since we've been doing this, and it's in a real blessing. It really, truly is. So uh, let us know who that is. We'll put them on our prayer list and we'll pray for them. All right. Now, uh, going down our sick list, we're going to be praying for uh, Pastor Martin. Uh, for those of you new who don't know, Pastor Martin is uh, my pastor's pastor. He's also a friend to me. Uh, pastor Martin is also 89 years old. He has served in the pastoral ministry for 50-plus years. Uh, he has incredibly poor eyesight, but yet he still reads his Bible 10 chapters every single day, and it takes him all day to do it. And he has to sit at a desk with one of those big magnifying lenses attached to it so, just so he can read the text. But he does it every day, 10 chapters. Some of us can't read 10 words. Some of us can't read for 10 minutes. Now, Pastor Martin reads 10 chapters. And uh, not to be harsh, but he's virtually blind. We also uh, we pray for him for his strength. Uh, Pastor Martin goes out and street preaches at his age once a week. He goes out and street preaches. So there are no excuses, folks. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Deal, did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? And gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. 
they have thousands of happy customers, and they are absolute best. They are amazing. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of their retirement portfolios. You need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious about this. So text CONTRA to 68592. Again, text C-O-N-T-R-A to 68592. CONTRA to 68592 or go to com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. There are no excuses. What are you doing for the Lord Jesus Christ? All right, we're also praying for my sister, Laura, up in New York uh, with back problems. We're praying for uh, Janae with a heart condition. We're praying for Sharon Baldino with cancer, Martin Mata with lymphoma, Daniel Villarreal with leukemia, uh, Alex and Diego Ortiz uh, with uh, breathing and uh, and surgical problems. We're praying for Juan with uh, advanced cancer. We're praying for Ruben with a pinched nerve that might require some surgery. We're praying for uh, Patricia with uh, kidney problems resulting from cancer. Uh, we're praying for Tina, uh, who is also dealing with cancer. And uh, we're also, we added today, uh, uh, Susan has asked for prayer for her daughter, Tammy, uh, who has uh, some respiratory disease and is currently hospitalized with COVID on top of the respiratory disease. All right, so we're going to be remembering to pray for them as we go through. Now, also, we're praying for uh, Jude up in New York as a contractor. Uh, we're going to pray that the Lord would bless him and the work of his hands. Uh, we're praying for uh, Aldo uh, and his business down here at Pro HVAC in Eagle Pass. I'm going to pray also that the Lord would uh, uh, bless the work of his hands and keep him busy. We're also praying for... Uh, a good brother in Christ, Federico Salinas. Uh, we're praying for the Lord to hedge him about and protect him. We're also praying for another good brother in Christ, Hector Gonzalez. We're praying for the Lord's protection and hedge about him. Uh, praying for Brother Alex for his testimony at work. We're praying praying for Manuel for his walk with the Lord. We're pr- praying for Jessica for her walk with the Lord. Liz has a financial matter that we've been praying for. Uh, we're also praying for Angela and Gabby in, in, her cl- in their classes uh, related to their work. And uh, then going on down to our unspoken prayer list. Now, all the unspokens are basically uh, you know, so maybe, maybe the prayer is a little too personal, uh, that not everyone needs to know the details of it, but you know, we know that the Lord does. Or maybe you just don't have the right words to describe the need. So uh, on our unspoken prayer list, we have, uh, we're have we praying for Eduardo Rodriguez and his unspoken need. Uh, Larissa, Hector, Manuel, Angela, Laura, Mireya, Uriel, Adam. And uh, uh, Esme has asked for uh, an unspoken prayer for her son, Fernando. So... Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much, Lord, for all that you do for us. Lord, we thank you so much that you are the God of answered prayer. God, we just lift up those that are on our prayer list in need of salvation today. Lord, we just pray that you would uh, just work in them. Lord, that you would draw them to yourself. And God, that you would help them to make the right decision. Lord, that you would give them the discernment that they need uh, to know the truth 
and the, and allow the truth to make them free. Father God, we just commit that to you, and we'll thank you for it through the precious blood of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for all of those in our sick list today. Lord, we pray that you would just work through the physicians that are attending. Lord, that you would guide their hands, that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them discernment as they uh, uh, provide treatment for whatever the ailments are specifically. Lord, we pray that you would bring healing as well. Lord, we also ask that you would just provide them some grace as they go through these things. And Lord, we just pray that you would be glorified through it. And then, Lord, we also pray for those in our general prayer list. Lord, we pray for those um, in their businesses like, uh, uh, like, like Jude and Aldo. And we pray that you would just protect them and hedge them about as they go about their business. Lord, we pray that you would uh, bless the work of their hands. Lord, we pray for, uh, for Brother Federico Salinas. We pray for Brother Hector and Alex. And, Lord, we lift them up to you today. We ask you, Father God, that you would just bless them as they serve. Lord, we pray that you would just continue to work in them and protect them at the workplace. And, Lord, that you would uh, just, uh, just bless them as they seek to walk closer with you. Father, we pray for Manuel and Jessica for their walks with the Lord, and Lord, we just pray that you would keep them close to you as they're as they're back in school now. Lord, we pray for Liz and her financial matter. We Lord, we uh, we're thankful, Lord, that you're uh, working in that. We also pray for Angela and Gabby in classes. Lord, we pray that you would just give them the uh, the discernment and the uh, and the knowledge and the wisdom they need to be successful at what they're doing. Lord, we also want to pray uh, for those uh, unspoken prayers of our hearts. Lord, we lift up Eduardo Rodriguez, Larissa, Hector, Manuel, Angela, Laura, Mireya, Uriel, Adam, and Fernando. Lord, I pray for them each individually and together as a group, Lord God, that you would just answer their prayers according to your pers- your perfect will for their lives, and that, Lord, you would receive all of the honor and the glory that is due to you, and we will thank you for it, and we will bless you for it. Now, Lord, we also ask that you would uh, just bless the Bible study as we're about to get into it shortly. Lord, I pray for myself that you would give me the words to speak. Lord, that you would allow me the opportunity to teach this material from your precious book with, uh, with authority, and Lord, that uh, it would be easily understood by those uh, that are under the sound of my voice, and that, Lord, also you could use a message just like this uh, uh, to, to, to draw someone to Jesus Christ, and I pray that that would happen tonight. And I will thank you, and we will bless you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen, and amen. All right, so uh, prayer lists are out of the way, and we actually have a birthday that we're going to, uh, to announce and celebrate a little bit here before we get into the Bible study. So uh, we want to say on behalf of the Sword of the Spirit podcast and the Sword of the Spirit podcast family, we'd like to wish Larissa a very happy birthday tomorrow, and we wish you very many more. And we pray that the Lord would bless you as you move forward. So once again, happy birthday to Larissa.
right. Well, again, Larissa, happy birthday on behalf of the Sword of the Spirit podcast and the Sword of the Spirit podcast family. God bless you and take care. All right, friends, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we're going to take our last, uh, well, I'm sorry, our second break of the afternoon, of the evening, and that'll give you a chance to go grab your King James Bible if you didn't have it already. Maybe get yourself a, a refill on your coffee. I think I'm going to do that myself. And when we come back, we'll be getting into today's Bible study on the dispensations, and we'll be talking about the patriarchal dispensation. Friends, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be back after this short break. Stick around. At First Merchants Bank, we believe that nothing can build your future financial stability like home ownership. So our mortgage programs are designed specifically for you. Programs like down payment assistance, where those that qualify can receive up to a $7,500 grant to help with down payment or closing costs. Visit firstmerchants.com slash first dash home to get started. First Merchants Bank, helping you prosper. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, eligibility requirements apply. See our community home lending officer for details. You hear all the time about Diamonds Direct's prices and selection and warranties. All true, and all good reasons to give us a visit. But what really sets Diamonds Direct apart is something that's hard to put into words. But you will feel it. You'll know it from the minute you walk in. It's our unique culture, our passion, our genuine and absolute desire to totally revolutionize the way you experience jewelry shopping. It's why we do what we do. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
At First Merchants Bank, we believe that nothing can build your future financial stability like home ownership. So our mortgage programs are designed specifically for you. Programs like down payment assistance, where those that qualify can receive up to a $7,500 grant to help with down payment or closing costs. Visit firstmerchants.com slash first dash home to get started. First Merchants Bank, helping you prosper. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, eligibility requirements apply. See our community home lending officer for details. Before Sarah discovered ChumbaCasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah often thinks about the old boring Sarah and wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We were created by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you or someone you know ever had a hard drive crash? Or maybe your cell phone or tablet died, taking all of your pictures with it. You've thought about backing up your data, but all of the plans out there cost too much money for just a little bit of storage space. Well, now there's a solution. Got backup? That's right, Got Backup will allow you to back up unlimited devices, up to 6 terabytes of data, for only $9.97 a month. And that's not all. You can earn commissions by referring friends and family too. Got Backup is the only data storage center that allows you to earn income on your referrals. Check out Got Backup now. Log on to john-jeffers.com. That's john-jeffers.com. Log on now. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. 
The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and it is a blessing for me to be here with you once again on a Thursday evening for a Bible study. You know, when you do a study like the the one that we're doing, it does really help to review it every now and then. You know, it helps you get things coordinated in your mind as to, you know, where you've been and where we're going. And uh, what we've been doing is we've been studying major events in each dispensation, the plan of salvation in each dispensation. And we've been following the crown. We found out that after Adam fell, the crown of the kingdom of God went back to him who gave it. It abides in heaven uh, from that time on through. And we'll see it coming back and offered to mankind, but we haven't got there yet. Uh, We've also been following the crown of the kingdom of heaven. Adam. Adam had it, and he lost it. God appointed a new king, a man by the name of Noah. He gave him dominion over the earth, and he lost it by particular by partaking of the forbidden fruit, just like Adam did. Then we studied a little bit about the Tower of Babel and, and what took place there, the Tower of Babel, uh, what took place there. Uh, God dispersed man throughout the earth. Well, now we come to another dispensation, the dispensation of the patriarchs, or the dispensation of the family, or... Um, What's the other one? The uh, dispensation of promise. And it's been called all of those things. Uh, Those are uh, synonymous terms uh, as far as this particular dispensation is concerned. In some ways, it's a a continuation of the previous dispensation. But um, I decided to, to, uh, to put a dispensational line uh, here because there are some... I guess, distinct differences, you would say. Uh, And particularly when it comes to the business of tracing the crown. Now, as you trace the crown, that uh, is God-given dominion over the earth. Um, And and that's one of the best ways that you can understand uh, uh, the dispensations. Now, we've talked briefly about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And in in about uh, four more weeks or so, we're going to get into it a little bit more detailed, uh, and that'll be when we hit when we hit the end of the law, and we see John the Baptist arriving on the scene, and then uh, and then with Jesus following close behind, uh, we'll see two messages that are preached and two kingdoms that are being offered. And uh, at that time, we'll distinguish between the two with uh, with fairly considerable detail. Uh, and and really, only as you distinguish between those two kingdoms can you really understand your Bible. You'll just have problems until you get those two kingdoms straight. You know, the book of Matthew talks about the kingdom of heaven. As a matter of fact, it's the only book. It's the only book that talks about it, and it's peculiarly different from any other book in the Bible. If you try to build church age theology on the book of Matthew, Man, you are barking up the wrong tree. You're going to have problems. You're going to have a lot of problems. Uh, the reason why is that it's a kingdom book. 
It's a book essentially written about how Jesus was offering the kingdom of heaven, a physical kingdom, to the Jews. Now, uh, that got... That got uh, that, ki- that kingdom came about with their founding father, Abraham. Okay? And, uh, and, and they lost it somewhere down the road. And we'll see about that in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, how they eventually lost it. And uh, it's being offered to them once again when you get to the message of John the Baptist. And he said, um, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right? Now, that's down the road, okay? Uh, we're going to concern ourselves right now primarily with Abraham. This dispensation uh, follows from the call of Abraham all the way to the Exodus. And uh, so it goes beyond Abraham. It, go- it goes to Isaac. And it goes to Jacob, it goes to his sons, and it goes to Joseph, and it leads on uh, as Israel goes down into uh, Egypt and is taken into bondage, and it goes right up until the time when God called Mo- calls Moses uh, to be the deliverer. But today, we'll concern ourselves primarily with one man, Abraham. He's the focal point of this particular dispensation. Uh, this particular dispensation was a period of some 430 years. Now, we want to entertain three different things in this study of this dispensation and Abraham. Now, the first thing we want to talk about is his crown, okay? His crown. Was this man, in fact, a king? Did God give this man the same kind of crown that he gave Noah and Adam? Well, First of all, Abraham is called the friend of God in James 2 uh, and verse 23 and Isaiah 41 and verse 8. Uh, In fact, let's turn there. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41. Let me get some of my coffee here. By the way, that was that little pause there after the song the cause of Christ. Um, so, uh, yeah, sorry about that. My fault, big time. Uh, I had run to get some extra, come more coffee, and I missed the cue to come back. So my apologies on that one. All right. Uh, so Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 1. Keep silence before me, O islands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near and let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. Who raised up the righteous man from the east? All right, now Abraham came from the east. He came from Ur of the Chaldees. That's where he came from, okay? Uh, called him to be, called him to his foot, gave the nations before him, and made him rule over kings. He gave them as the dust to his sword and as driven stubble to his bow. He pursued them. That's exactly what he did in rescuing Lot. And you can read that over in the book of Genesis. And passed safely, even by the way that he had not gone with his feet. So God here says that this righteous man came from the east. He gave him nations and made him to rule over kings. Now, what we see taking place here is something a little bit different from Adam and Noah. And that is that God gives Abraham a covenant as he gave Adam, and as he gave Noah. But it's a little different. 
it was built on an entirely different basis. Noah was given a covenant that was contingent upon works. Adam was given a covenant, and it was contingent upon works. Abraham was given a covenant, and it was built upon grace. There's a vast, vast difference. God said, Abraham, I'm going to do this for you, period. Not, I'm going to do this for you if you do such and such, or uh, if you do thus and thus, I'm going to do this for you, and and that's all there is to it. So, therefore, this is usually called by theologians, and you know something, that they like to use a lot of long words to impress you, you know, but they call it an unconditional covenant, and that's what it was. There were no conditions attached, zero. And that's why when you get over to Romans chapter 4, Abraham is used as a type and an example of our salvation. And over in Galatians, uh, he's, um, in a sense, like tied to our salvation in illustration. Because, uh, because Abraham was a recipient of grace. He lived in an age of grace in the respect that he lived before the law. Abraham wasn't under the umbrella of the law because the law hadn't come into effect yet. The only law that, 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 uh, that was there was the same law that Adam lived under, that Enoch lived under, that Noah lived under, and that is the law of conscience, the law of conscience. And we see that law all the way through to Moses. And yet God came and made an unconditional covenant with Abraham. That's, and that's why Abraham is, is in Romans 4 is tied so, close, so closely and linked so closely with the New Testament Christian. Because you see, when you and I trusted Christ as our Savior, we entered into an unconditional covenant. Isn't that right? God didn't say, I'll save you if you do thus and thus. God said, I'll save you, period. End of, end of a sentence, end of discussion. He said, all you have to do is ask me and trust me and call upon my name. That's all there is to it. And he gives the gift of eternal life. Well, Abraham entered into an unconditional covenant. As a matter of fact, I mean, you know what? I'm not in any particular hurry tonight, are you? I hope not. Take your Bibles and turn with me over to the book of Romans. Romans, let's get a little background into what exactly it is we're talking about. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And we're going to read several verses. All right, so I'm going to take a sip of my, my delicious coffee. Mm. Uh, I hope your coffee is as good as mine tonight. Ain't nothing like a good cup of coffee. Amen? All right. Romans chapter 4 and verse 1. What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. 
But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Amen. Cometh this blessedness upon the circumcision only? Or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? Was he in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had yet, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. All right, now here the Apostle Paul writes specifically to some Jewish Christians in Rome. Although he wrote to the Roman church, which was a composite of all kinds of people, all right, uh, but what he's trying to do is illustrate to them that Abraham became a Jew. Okay, I'll say that again. Abraham became a Jew. You see, Abraham was a Gentile. There wasn't any such thing as a Jew before Abraham. Abraham was out of Shem, but he was just another Shemite. God called him out of Ur of the Chaldees, and he said, Now you come out, and I'm going to make of thee a great nation. Now when God called him, he wasn't a Jew. The sign of the Jew was circumcision. He wasn't circumcised then. So therefore, he, he was an uncircumcised Gentile, and that's the point that God's getting across in Romans chapter 4. Well, in this condition, in this condition, God made him the father of us all. You know, Jewish people like to say, Abraham our father, Abraham our father, Abraham our... F-. Well, Paul says in a sense, Abraham, in a sense that Abraham is the father of us all. Well, in what sense? In the sense that he walked with God by faith. That's how. You know, God called him out and he said, I'll walk with you by faith. The whole life of Abraham is characterized by faith. That's why he's called the friend of God. Do you remember Jesus said, you're no longer servants, you are my friends? The relationship of anyone who walks by faith with God is that of a friend. And so he called him out and he responded. Now, it's interesting to notice that at about this time, when, when, when God called Abraham out of the east, it's interesting to notice that he went from east to west. Okay, east to west. That's the blessed direction in the Bible. That's the blessed direction. Isn't it amazing what you can learn from your Bible? When Adam was cast out of the garden, he was cast out of the east gate. He went from west to east. That's the cursed direction. 
when God called Moses and Israel back into Palestine, he had them go up, go up on the east side of Israel so that they could cross Jordan going from the east to the west. Did you ever study military campaigns? It's interesting. It really is. It's interesting. Napoleon went east, and it finished him. Hitler decided to go east to Russia. It finished him. Did you ever study that? I mean, isn't it amazing what an old-fashioned, out-of-date, archaic Bible can tell you? (laughs) Isn't that something? Like, are you familiar with the Battle of Gettysburg? You know, the Battle of Gettysburg, the South was winning until they decided to flank the Northern Army on the West and then go East. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing what's in that Bible? I'm telling you, I, am never, I, I never cease to be amazed about what's in that book. Truth. I'm never, I, I never cease to be amazed. Well, let's not be like the Pharisees when Jesus said, Ye do greatly err, not knowing the Scriptures. Amen? Now, Abraham's father was an idolater. And he called him out. And I'm sure he paid a certain price for leaving, but ultimately, God rewarded him, did he not? And you know what happens to a lot of folks? This, I'm telling you, this is what happens, okay? I, I've seen this over the years. You know, you got saved, and God called you out. You got saved, and, and God called you out of a religion of idolatry. You know, and then sometimes, you know, folks have second thoughts, you know, sometimes you might wonder, you know, if you're a babe in Christ, if you really made the right decision, and, and, and is it really worth it? But, I, but, but folks, I can assure you, I can assure you that God will reward you accordingly. Man will never, man will never record you, uh, reward you, but God will. God will take care of it in due time. So we're linked to Abraham in several ways in the fact that he responded to faith, in the fact that he responded to the call of God, in the fact that he left his family, his his friends, and he forsook all to walk with God and be a friend of God. Now, I'm not not suggesting that God, you know, always calls upon you to forsake your family, your your friends, your, you know, or anything else. But, But folks, if it comes down to a choice, if it comes to a choice, and, you know, I, I know many families, I know many families that have had to make this choice because their family forced them to make this choice. If it comes to a choice where they say, either you take us or you take Jesus, let me tell you, folks, take Jesus. Take Jesus. If that's what it comes down to, you take Jesus. Now, I hope it don't. I pray that it don't. I don't want it to come to that. But if that's what it comes to, that's what you ought to do. Take Jesus. You know, a lot of folks have done it before you. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, although they may have paid a price here, God is going to take care of them over there. You can absolutely count on it. So this king, Abraham, was installed in an unconditional covenant of grace. Now, a king that's installed by an unconditional covenant of grace is, is rather hard to remove, wouldn't you say? And isn't that 
a picture of our salvation? Eternal security. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. You know, Satan had Adam, no contest. Do you know why? Because it was a conditional covenant based on works. Noah, a conditional covenant based on works, and boom, that quick. No contest for the guy that's more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. No context, no contest for the guy that's wiser than Daniel. No contest for the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, the angel of light. No contest. But all of a sudden, there's a covenant of grace, unconditional. All of a sudden, the issue becomes far more complicated. You know, and in, in, in studying the second point, uh, the property that God promised this king under this unconditional covenant, we can begin to see and begin to focus on the events of the history of the world. And we can begin to get at least a little idea, a little understanding of why so many of the things that have taken place have taken place. Take your Bible and turn with me over to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis in chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 13. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. So God's already prophesying Egyptian bondage, you see. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass, when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Now that's what God promised. That's what God promised. The Kenites, the Kedzanites, the Kadmonites, and the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaims, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. What God promised Abraham and his seed as he came from the east, the chunk of ground that God promised uh, uh, is virtually an equilateral triangle of a thousand miles on each side from the, rip, from the Nile River, the river of Egypt, to the river of Euphrates. Uh, clear up to Mount Ararat, where Noah and his boys got out of the boat. Um, you know, uh, and interestingly enough, and just coincidentally enough, that piece of ground for 4,000 plus years has been the most fought over piece of ground than any other piece of real estate on the face of the earth. Just coincidentally. There have been more military campaigns waged on that piece of ground than all of the rest of the world put together. That is the bloodiest chunk of real estate that you can imagine. Well, gee, I wonder why. Well, God promised that piece of ground. And you see, in owning that piece of real estate, the unconditional covenant amounts to this. Whoever possesses that piece of real estate will ultimately possess the crown of the kingdom of heaven. 
Whoever possesses that piece of land will control the earth. Now, the closest in history that we've ever seen Israel come to possessing that piece of ground was during the reign of Solomon. And we'll see when we advance in our study, you know, and, and we get into the law, uh, we'll see that, you know, you know, if Solomon had been faithful and he had stayed away from his foreign wives and their foreign gods, if he had been faithful, in the king, then the kingdom of heaven would have been ushered in on a permanent basis. But because of that unfaithfulness, because of that unfaithfulness, it was lost for a while. Well, wait a second. I thought you said that it was an unconditional covenant. It is an unconditional covenant. The loss is only temporary. That's why Israel will someday regain that piece of ground. You know, what they own now is a very, very small portion of it. You know, they're going to own all that God promised them. And, uh, you know, consequently, that piece of ground becomes a focal point for all the political activities of the world. I mean, isn't it interesting that the great concern of this time uh, that we recognize as the last days is always in the Middle East? Isn't it just interesting that all of the real oil reserves are all in the Middle East? Do you suppose that it's just a coincidence? Well, the spot picked for Abraham's earthly, literal, physical kingdom turns out to be the major battleground for this planet. And this piece of ground was picked deliberately by God to stand right smack in the middle of three continents, Africa, Asia, and Europe, right smack in the middle of three continents. It's called, folks, the crossroads of the world. Now, you can imagine that little piece of ground is going to become a bloody piece of ground. And you can imagine that anyone that doesn't accept the word of God to be the literal word of God is going to have problems with the unconditional covenant that God promised Abraham. All right, now, let me be a little bigoted here for a minute <laughs> and prejudiced and, and talk about other people's religion. Now, folks, you know I never, ever, ever like to do that, right? But let me bring you up to date about what's going on. All right. Some of you are aware of these things. And for some of you, this is going to be a new revelation. But uh, the majority of the major denominations in the world today that call themselves Christians subscribe to what we call amillennialism. The Southern Baptist Convention officially subscribes to amillennialism. The Roman Church officially subscribes to amillennialism. The Methodist Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Episcopal Church. In fact, as you can see, you know the majority of denominations subscribe to amillennialism. All right, now, what do we mean when we say amillennialism? All right, well, there are there are three basic views about the millennium. Okay, the millennium is when Jesus Christ is going to return for a thousand years. He's going to literally rule and reign from Jerusalem and rule the world. All right, now we talked about this in great detail when we were going through the book of Revelation study just prior to this one. So if you haven't checked any of those out, you should go back and listen to them. They're, they're, you know, you get a real blessing out of it, and it'll help you with this, too, in a lot of ways. All right, now the Bible has a great deal, has a lot to say about that time period. All right, now there are three ideas approaching the millennium. One is 
uh, premillennial return of Christ. Now, if you are a real Bible literalist, if you are a real Bible believer, you're a premillennialist. You believe that Jesus Christ is going to literally return, and he literally will set up a literal kingdom, and he will literally rule from Jerusalem, Jerusalem for a literal 1,000 years, exactly like the Bible says it. Now, there are a few of what we call post-millennialists, all right? There are a few of them left. I think World War II kind of wiped them out for the most part. But uh, a post-millennialist says the millennium is going to be ushered in without Christ, and he's going to come at the conclusion of it. Well, that's just insanity. That's just plain, outright insanity. And an amillennialist says Christ will never bring in the kingdom— that man is going to bring in the kingdom, and um, you know all of the hundreds of passages of Scripture that deal with the subjects of Jesus literally returning are symbolic language. So because they're symbolic, they have to be treated from a symbolic viewpoint. Well, you know, over in the book of Revelation, in one chapter, God says a thousand years, a thousand years, a thousand years. In fact, he says it six times in one chapter. If you engage in amillennialism theology, your emphasis is placed upon man and not God. Your emphasis is in your church and your program. And then that's focused on bringing in the kingdom, <clears throat> excuse me, instead of the salvation of the individual personal soul. Now, a Bible literalist says man is not qualified to bring in the kingdom, uh, for man has had one, two, three, four five, six, seven, hundreds, hundreds of opportunities, and every time he's failed. You know, we certainly are bringing in the kingdom with our society, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, are we? You know, the, the, look around you. <laughs> How can anyone really think that man is bringing in the kingdom? You know, the, the, the kingdom is characterized in the Bible by peace and prosperity. There has never been a major politician in the world that's run for any office that didn't promise peace and prosperity. That's what everybody wants. Everybody wants a piece of the kingdom. It was offered to the Jews when Jesus showed up, and they wanted the kingdom too. The only thing about it was they didn't want to fulfill the necessary prerequisites to get the kingdom. And those prerequisites dealt with the issues of morality and righteousness. That's why John the Baptist is the predecessor of Jesus, preaching a message of repentance. And he declared, repent of your sin and turn from your wickedness. Then, after you repent, then you can have the kingdom. Man today is making the conscious effort to bring in the kingdom. You know, let's have a one-world government, United Nations, Let's all get together. Let's all have a one-world religion, Chrislam. Let's have peace. Let's have prosperity. Let's have all these things. And when the Antichrist shows up and, and gives what seems to be uh, legitimate and reasonable answers to the problems that man has, then the world is going to clamor to him, but that too will fail and fall apart. Now, the reason why religion puts its emphasis on man and puts the emphasis on bringing in the kingdom himself 
and establishing the kingdom is because as long as the emphasis is there, the emphasis doesn't have to be upon Jesus Christ. And as long as we can keep the emphasis off of Jesus Christ, then we can avoid righteousness, morality, and goodness. We can remain in our sin and our lust and our wickedness. Now that's the bottom line of it, folks. Some of the most wicked people on earth are the religious people. And as long as we can stay busy bringing in the kingdom, but the kingdom isn't going to come without the king. Do you hear me? The kingdom is not going to come in without the king. When the king shows up, then we'll have the kingdom. All right, let me just give you an example, and then we'll take a break. Now, and I know I'm picking on people, (laughs) okay? I know. But it's just something that gets in me. You know, I, 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 I just can't help it sometimes. Sometimes it just overwhelms me. You know, when I sit down and I write these outlines, sometimes it's like an invisible force just takes my hand, you know. I don't know what to say, you know. But I found this one little goodie that I said, you know, I shouldn't put that in there, but the flesh prevailed. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church is the classic example of amillennial theology. There's no amillennialist on the face of the earth that will say that the land that God promised Abraham literally belongs to the Jews. They can't afford to say that because it's inconsistent with their theology. He says that the kingdom has come and the kingdom has been delivered to the Jews and it's now past. It's ancient history and it's forever forgotten. And now it's the church whatever that is, that's the qualified candidate to receive the kingdom. And therefore, there are churches from Catholicism to Southern Baptist to uh, Garner Ted Armstrong to the British Israelitism and Jehovah's Witnesses to the Morons, I mean the Mormons, uh, the Christian scientists, you know, and, and, and as you examine their theology... As you examine their theology, the whole thing revolves around this. What they're trying to do is steal Israel's earthly promises from Israel and claim them for themselves. That's what's going on. Now, just as an example, okay, I didn't, I didn't take time to track down, and, I, and I'm... And I'm not particularly picking on Catholics, okay? I could have picked statements from the Southern Baptists or the Jehovah's Witnesses and a lot of other people that would essentially say the same thing. But, you know, these folks are the majority, so let me pick on them for a little while, okay? Let's let the Pope speak for himself. These words were taken from the Roman Catholic publication called The Tablet, all right? Let's let them do their own preaching, all right? Uh, I quote, his Holiness. All right, now the speaker is um, is uh, Melkite Archbishop Gregorius Haken of St. John of Acca on his return from Rome after talking with Pope Pius Twelfth. Here's what he said. And it wasn't just stated verbally, by the way. It was written down in an official Roman Catholic publication. All right, I quote, His Holiness has asked me to convey his great satisfaction 
and joy of the unity and the full collaboration shown by the Arabs of Palestine in protecting the Holy Land. The Pope has studied a protest against the Balfour Declaration. All right, now, if you're unfamiliar with the Balfour Declaration, that was a declaration in Britain in 1917 granted by the, the old League of Nations that uh, granted Palestine back to the Jews. That's what that's about. Okay? So he said, quote, The Pope has studied a protest against the Balfour Declaration made by his predecessor, Pope Pius XI. The policy of the Holy See toward this declaration has not changed. His Holiness the Pope cannot afford to help Zionism against the Arabs of Palestine. The Pope told me that he would not fail to support the Arabs because they are the owners of the Holy Land. All right, folks, that's the official documented policy of the Roman Church toward Israel. They have officially said that the land belongs to the Arabs. But is that what God said? There isn't anybody in the world that wants Israel back in that land except a handful of Bible-believing Christians and the Jews. Now, I wonder why. I wonder why. Did you ever wonder why? You see, at one point, the satanic attack was against a man. But all of a sudden, the, but all of a sudden, the attack is no longer focused on a man, but upon his seed. All of the generations that follow. Why? Because the promise... The unconditional covenant of the crown was promised to his seed. That's why. That's why. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, your family, and your followers. We're going to take our last break of the night here, and when we come back, we'll wrap all this stuff up and get ready to move on to the post-show show. And uh, we'll be back right after this. Don't you go away. At First Merchants Bank, we believe that nothing can build your future financial stability like home ownership. So our mortgage programs are designed specifically for you. Programs like down payment assistance, where those that qualify can receive up to a $7,500 grant to help with down payment or closing costs. Visit firstmerchants.com slash first dash home to get started. First Merchants Bank, helping you prosper. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, eligibility requirements apply. See a community home lending officer for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before Sarah discovered Chumbacasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah. Woohoo! Often thinks about the old boring Sarah yes. and wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
They say times are changing, so we should change too. Trade our old time religion for something new. Our faith is outdated. Why live in the past? Well, my answer is simple. So if you ask, I still love to hear how God's love paid the cost. His passion was fastened by nails to a cross. I still love the sound as the saints start to sing. Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me. I still love an altar where broken ones pray. And find what is found in no other way. It may be old-fashioned, but it's real still. So I'll stay on the old path that brought us this far. That saved countless millions and reached hardened hearts. Although times are changing... And forever will There'll still be one Savior, one Calvary's hill I still love to hear how God's love paid the cost As passion was fastened by nails to a cross I still love the sound as the saints start to sing Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me. I still love an altar where broken ones pray and find what is found in no other way. It may be old fashioned, but it's real still. I still love to hear how God's love paid the cost. His passion was fastened by nails to a cross. I still love the sound as the saints start to sing. Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me. I still love an altar where broken ones pray. And find what is found in no other way. It may be old-fashioned, but it's real still. But it's real still. Oh, oh. 
the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. 
Amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. I have a question for you. I was thinking about this uh, on the break. Did you ever wonder? Did you ever wonder why Israel was taken into Egyptian bondage for 400 years? Did you ever wonder why all of the years of ancient history and even modern history, Israel as a nation has been attacked and persecuted? Do you ever wonder why anti-Semitism is so rampant around the world? You know, why is it that Hitler exterminated six million Jewish people? Why is it that Ferdinand and Isabella were so convinced by a Roman Catholic archbishop to expel all Jews from their country? Why is it that you could go back through the Dark Ages and see how the Jews were hunted down and killed in cold blood and tortured just as much as Bible-believing Christians were? Why is it? That for all these years, they've been a hunted and an attacked people. Why is that? Because the attack is no longer focused upon a man, but upon a seed. Folks, the battle is who is going to run who. The battle is who is going to wear the crown. The battle is who is going to have dominion over the earth. The battle, the battle revolves around Lucifer because he once had dominion and he lost it. And ever since, and ever since he lost it, he's been trying to regain it. And he has, periodically, from time to time, because of default. Now, the Pope, uh, the Southern Baptists, the Presbyterians, you know, they might be all millennialists, but you know something? The devil isn't. No, he's not. He knows what God has in mind for that chunk of land over there. He knows what's going to come out of Zion. He knows who God has planned to reign in Jerusalem. So uh, you could expect, as the last days continue, you can expect the attacks to intensify. You can expect wars to get more and more frequent. You can expect threats against Israel to become more and more all the time. You can expect what the Bible says about Russia moving in closer and closer. In fact, during the tribulation, she'll be... uh, She'll be all posed to literally crush Israel, and God will send natural phenomena to literally destroy the armies of Russia. It's amazing what you can learn in a Bible. Well, again, the Bible can save the day, although many aren't willing to pay attention to it. So here's the owner of the land, the giver of the land, uh, receiver of the land, and title and deed, you know, We've given you several, several scriptures to look up to find out exactly how you can know that this ground is promised to the seed of Abraham. Not just past, but future. Someday, they're going to realize those promises. And then they're going they're to say to, to those Arabs that, own the, that, that uh, the Arabs own the land is, is not biblical. To say that the Arabs own the land is not biblical. The land was not given to Ishmael, the Arabian. God himself takes sides against Gad, the Arabian, in Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 1, chapter 4 and verse 7, when he appears to be professing uh, to, to be the chosen seed uh, to whom the promises were made. Folks, do you realize the, the implications of what I just said? The implications of what I just said is that every Turk, Muslim, Arabian, and European crusader who died in the Crusades died needlessly. I mean, folks, do you know what the Crusades were all about? 
they were to take the land away from Christ-rejecting Jews. And, and so, in the name of religion, off they went. And what happened? Millions died. That's how that happens. So out goes Abraham into a land that God promised to him and to his seed. Now, we'll see under the law that this covenant had two aspects to it. It had an unconditional aspect, and because it was, an, because it was unconditional in one aspect, it will eventually be realized. It'll come to pass whether anybody likes it or not. Then it was the conditional in another aspect in that the land was lost to the Jew temporarily. What he now controls is nothing compared to what he will control. And interestingly enough, um, this will be the fertile crescent of the world. During the millennium, it'll be the most fertile piece of ground on the entire face of the earth. It'll blossom as a rose in the desert. And what you see taking place right now over there is nothing. God will take care of it. God will take care of it. And do you know what God's going to do? Now, I don't have time to really take you through the Word of God to show you, but God is going to change the Dead Sea into a sea of fresh water. A sea of fresh water instead of a dead water. All right, and let's look lastly now at Abraham's salvation. We'll look at Abraham's salvation, and then we'll close this out. Now, Abraham lived... Abraham lived in an age of grace. But it wasn't exactly the grace that our grace is, simply because Jesus Christ had not been to the cross. The price has not yet been completely paid. So his salvation was, even though it was a salvation of grace and a salvation of faith, it was in two parts. It was in two parts. It was a two-part salvation. Take your Bible and look with me over in Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. And when you get to Genesis chapter 15, go to verse 5. Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. When you get over to Romans chapter 4 that we read a little while ago, that's called imputed righteousness. Imputed righteousness. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. That's what David said. Now the word impute literally means to put upon. God will not put sin upon a man if he has believed on the Lord by faith. So he has imputed righteousness. He got his imputed righteousness when he believed. All right, but look with me over in James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Now, one reason why folks get twisted up in James, and they do, they do. If you want to get someone all fouled up, let them run over to James for a little while. You talk about committing theological suicide. James, Matthew, Hebrews, Acts, they will do it to you every single time. Why? Is it because they're in error? No. Is it because there are contradictions? No. Why? 
because folks don't stop to realize who James is being written to. All right, look in James chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered aboard, greeting. All right, who is James written to? Jews. Twelve tribes, you know, scattered abroad. Jews. That's who James is written to. All right. Who is Hebrews written to? Hebrews. You don't have to be too sharp to get that, do you? Now, over in James chapter 2 and verse 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that without that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Now, if you read that and compare it with Romans, it seems like an absolute contradiction, right? Romans 4 says Abraham was justified by his faith. James says he was justified by his works. Now, you know, the, the typical approach to this, even in independent Baptist circles, is to kind of, you know, wash it away. You know, we don't know how to deal with it, so we'll just, we'll just spiritualize it. And then how they spiritualize it is like this. Paul, in the book of Romans, is writing from a theological viewpoint. He's writing from the aspect of how God looks upon man. When you consider that, man is just justified. Man is justified by faith in the sight of God. However, James is writing from a practical aspect. For James is a practical man. So James is not talking about justification in the sight of God. James is talking about justification in the sight of men. And how are we justified in the sight of men but through our works? Therefore we see blah, 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 blah. That's the way it goes. But you know, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense. The truth of the matter is this, that though it seems to be a contradiction, it's not because in every so-called contradiction in the Word of God, if you search, there's reconciliation. You just have to find the point of reconciliation. Now, we find what's going on here is this. Abraham got his imputed righteousness when he believed God. He leaves Ur of the Chaldees. He's looking out through the eyes of faith at what God promised him. And he believed God. He said, okay, Lord, I believe you. And God said, blessed is the righteous man that believes God. I'll consider you righteous. But Abraham got his justification when? In verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? That's exactly when he got his justification. Imputed righteousness and justification for Abraham were two different things. Imputed righteousness, Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6, justified, 
James chapter 2 and verse 21, and Genesis 22, where he offered his son Isaac in obedience to what God had told him to do. All right, now, but let's find out how this whole thing fits together. Take your Bibles and turn with me over to Romans chapter 4 once again. Okay, Romans chapter 4, and I need some coffee. My voice is starting to go. Romans chapter 4 and verse 24. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Now, when you got saved, you received imputed righteousness and justification at the same time. All at the same time. Abraham still had to prove something with his works. Abraham got imputed righteousness, but God said he still had to prove something with his works. So what did he do? He put him to the acid test. And the acid test is a sacrifice. And sacrifice is giving up that thing that you love the most, whatever that is. Sometimes God comes into our lives with the acid test and asks us to give up that which, which, which we love the most. In Abraham's case, it was obvious. There was absolutely no doubt about it. That which he loved the most was laid down on an altar, his son Isaac. And sometimes God asks us to give up that which we love the most or give up something that we love a very, very great deal. The Bible says that Abraham was listening. God said, Abraham. And Abraham said, here am I, Lord. Now, a lot of people couldn't possibly get involved in that kind of a program or relationship with God because they're not listening. Abraham was listening. He said, here am I, Lord. And he said, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, and I want you to take him to an appointed place, and I want you to offer him up to me. I want you to sacrifice him to me. Now, some interesting things to note about that. Number one, Abraham didn't check with Sarah. You know, sometimes I think some of us men spend too much time checking with Sarah. But it's really very obvious and very clear that God has told you to do something. Don't check with Sarah. Just go do it. When God tells you to do something, just go do it. You know, some men would tithe, but Sarah won't let them. Some men would go preach, but Sarah won't let him. Uh, Abraham checked with Sarah a few times before he, before he learned some hard lessons from it. He finally said, all right, it's enough. I'm going to do what God told me to do. He didn't check with Sarah. Now, I know I'm getting close to meddling, all right, but I'm just telling you that sometimes you just don't check with Sarah. You just go and do what God told you to do. He got up early. Now, who wants to get up early on doomsday? He rose up early. He was anxious to serve God in any way that he could. The Bible says that he took the wood. Uh, he was going into a desert place where there wasn't any. He was going to offer his son, his only son, Isaac. And, you know, the most convenient excuse could have been, 
uh, uh, oops, uh, I forgot the wood, Lord. <laughs> I guess I'll have to go back and try again another day. But, you know, Abraham wasn't looking for any loopholes. He wasn't looking for any excuses. All Abraham wanted to do was believe God. Now, I want to show you something here. Okay? Uh, imputed righteousness hinges upon believing God. Justification hinges on believing God. But wait a minute. Wait, hey, hey. Wasn't Abraham justified by his works? Yes, he was. In his day, justified by his works. But you see, the whole thing hinged on him believing God. Look with me in Genesis 22. Genesis 22. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took his two young men with him, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and a lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. All right, now a couple of things I want to point out about verse 5 right there. All right, number one, men and ladies, but particularly men, when it comes, and it will come, to a time in your life, perhaps a, a crossroad in your life, and God says, I want you to step out on faith. I want you to really believe me. I want you to believe, thus saith the Lord. You know, it's easy to talk about. It's not always, always easy to do. Abraham said to his men, Abide ye here with the ass. Every man of God, if he's going to be a man of God, sometime or another, is going to have to walk alone. There's going to come times in your life when you're going to have to step out and there's not necessarily going to be anyone there to support you or help you, and your walk is just going to be with you and God. Every man of God, at one time or another, will have to walk alone. You can count on it. So uh, don't consider those occasions as occasions to fear. Consider them opportunities to see what God has on the other side of Jordan. Amen? All right, the next thing. Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Well, what are you talking about, Abraham? What are you talking about? I and the lad will come again. What do you mean? Did it mean that Abraham wasn't really prepared to go through with the sacrifice? Well, I think we know better than that, don't we? All we have to really do is follow the story. We know that he was prepared to do it. We know that he was prepared to thrust that dagger into the heart of his only son, Isaac, whom he loved dearly. And just when he was about to do it, it was that invisible hand that reached down from heaven and grabbed that arm and said, Wait! Wait! Don't! Stop! There's a ram over there in the thicket. 
Well, then what do you mean I and the lad will come back? God told you to sacrifice him, to kill him. Well, what do you mean I and the lad will come back? Here's what he meant. He meant that he believed God. When God said, I'm going to give your seed this land. And he knew that God would keep his word. And he knew that if the seed were allowed to die, he would have to be resurrected. You know, it's no wonder that, uh, you know, Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Job lived before Abraham did. Abraham must have known about what Job wrote. I know that my Redeemer liveth. That's why Isaiah Isaac is a picture in about 37 different ways of Jesus Christ offered and rose again. Isaac didn't die, so he didn't have to rise again. But had he been allowed to die, God would have resurrected him. So Abraham received his imputed righteousness when he believed and his justification when he conformed to the good work that God prescribed for him at the same at the at the, the same thing that hinged upon belief it was motivated by belief it was underlined by belief and by faith and trust all right now in conclusion and we'll wrap this up after this here I want to take a look at some of these truths concerning sacrifice. Until God becomes a sacrifice himself, the atonement is incomplete. All right, you should write down some of these uh, references I'm going to give you because we're uh, we're really way over time. So, in the, uh, in the in the in the interest of saving time, all right. So, uh, until God becomes a sacrifice himself, the atonement is incomplete. That's Hebrews chapter ten, verse four. Until God voluntarily offers himself, he, meaning God, cannot accept the sacrifice. Hebrews 10, 5-7, Leviticus 1, 3. All sacrifices uh, between Genesis 3 and Matthew 27 are temporary temporary expedients, which do not fully solve the problem of atonement, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11. Remember it says, uh, not by the the blood of bulls and goats. God provides a, quote-unquote, priest class for the nation of Israel to offer sacrifices. 1 Chronicles 15, uh, 14 to 16, Exodus 28, 40 to 43, and Leviticus chapter 9. But there is no priest class before before Numbers 1 to 13 or after Acts 2. All right, and you can see Matthew 27, 51, Hebrews 8, 1 and 924, 1 Peter 2, 9, Revelation 7, 7. Um, Melchizedek does not offer a literal sacrifice of blood, but only a memorial, all right? Genesis 14, 18, 1 Corinthians 10, 16 and 17, and 11, 25. The entire body of born-again believers are priests in the New Testament and never offer literal blood sacrifice. 1 Peter 2.5, Hebrews 13.15 and 16, uh, 1 Corinthians 10.16 and 17. God's provision will be accepted by the faithful man, Romans 10 verse 4. The faithful man, after Acts 2, will trust God's provision at Calvary, done once and forever, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 8 to 12, 
9, 24 to 26. The faithful man between Exodus chapter 20 and Matthew 27 will be trusting the provision which God made at the temple in Jerusalem. And then uh, the, the unfaithful man will make provision for himself by inventing and installing a priesthood after Matthew 27, thereby actually rejecting God's provision. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4, Romans chapter 10, 1 through 3. Now, is that clear? Now, I gave you a bunch of scripture there to verify all that. I hope you wrote it down. If you didn't get it and you'd like to uh, like to have a copy of that, just uh, email me at info at sortofthespiritpodcast.com, and I'll, I'll send that out to you. All right. Um, so Isaac was prepared to be offered as a picture of one to come. The Lord Jesus Christ was offered for you. Folks, have you received that offering? Have you received that offering? If you have, you have the assurance of eternal life and the forgiveness of sin. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day you've given us. God, we thank you for the preaching, the teaching of your holy word tonight. God, I just ask that uh, as uh, we ponder these things, as we meditate, meditate upon these things, Lord, that you would make our need for salvation abundantly clear. Father, we thank you for that tremendous gift, and we ask you, Lord, that if there's any under the sound of our voice tonight that does not have Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that tonight they would call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. And we'll ask this, and we'll thank you for it, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. All right, folks, well... That will just about do it for our Thursday night Bible study. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Why don't you head on over to our website, SwordOfTheSpiritPodcast.com, click on that contact section, and send us over any comments or questions you might have. Also, would you look for that Support This Podcast button, and if you could help us out with a recurring monthly contribution or a one-time, we would appreciate it. Folks, until we see you again on Sunday, win the loss, no matter the cost. God bless you. Take You've care. been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day. was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've been dreaming about the dress. Come find the one at David's Bridal. The most glamorous designer wedding gowns are now 15% off. Bridesmaid dresses that fit beautifully start around $99. 
Whether you need a veil, jewelry, shoes, or even lingerie and shapewear, it's all at David's Bridal. Take 20% off outfit making accessories for a limited time. Stop by your local David's Bridal store or shop davidsbridal.com today. Terms and conditions apply. Hi everyone, Donald Lowry here, and I'm the marketing director for Contra Radio Network. You know what helps me sleep well? Physical gold. Gold IRAs help people diversify. The best gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals with thousands of happy customers. Learn why Americans get gold IRAs. Get Augusta's free guide. Text CONTRA to 68592. That's C-O-N-T-R-A to 68592. Or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Have you or someone you know ever had a hard drive crash? Or maybe your cell phone or tablet died taking all of your pictures with it. You've thought about backing up your data, but all of the plans out there cost too much money for just a little bit of storage space. Well, now there's a solution. Got backup? That's right, Got Backup will allow you to back up unlimited devices, up to six terabytes of data for only $9.97 a month. And that's not all. You can earn commissions by referring friends and family too. Got Backup is the only data storage center that allows you to earn income on your referrals. Check out Got Backup now. Log on to john-jeffers.com. That's john-jeffers.com. Log on now. 